0: welcome to the city place church podcast my name is josiah williams and here is my challenge for you as you're listening to the message i challenge you to remove as many distractions as possible to write out a few notes and things that stand out to you and afterwards share what you've learned on one of your social media outlets we level up by giving a level 10. thanks again and enjoy the message Well, come on, City Place Church. Are you excited to be here today? Man, let me give a shout out to every single one of you who joined us for Easter service last Sunday. Shout out to everyone on the Dream Team. We had four amazing services, two online and two in person. And man, I just want to say praise the Lord for showing up. We had, listen to this now, we had 21 people make a decision to follow Jesus in our services. Come on, can we make some noise for those that said yes to Jesus? Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. And here's one amazing story. Last week, we talked about believing and we're gonna continue that and living. And at the end of our in-person service, uh, a a man walked up to me and he said, what I heard today in service, I just want you to know was for me. He said, one year ago, I lost my wife. And I'd just been kind of just existing, he said, but that encouraged me today. So City Place, let me just say this. Us coming together to pray, asking the Lord to send out laborers for his harvest and asking the Lord to entrust us with his people. The Lord was ministering to people. And that's just one story. But I just wanted to say, well done. Well done for leaning into the presence of the Lord. So. Listen, 21 people saying yes to Jesus. We gave away 10,000 eggs. Listen to this one. Over 450 people were a part of our in-person services. Isn't God good? So shout out to all of you for praying and just trusting the Lord. What an amazing Sunday it is. If you have your Bibles, go with me. Go with me to... The book of John, we're going to continue our thought. We're going to continue our thought for all that Jesus wants to do. Last week, we talked about leaning in and pushing past doubt because God wants to build our faith. And the two words that's been impressing on my heart that I couldn't shake is that God wanted to speak to believing and living. And here's a verse that I wanted to just repeat. And we'll go through a little bit from last week. John chapter 11, verse 25 says this. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Last week, the Lord really impressed upon my heart. And he's still, you know, in that, place where he's just like, Damon, continue to minister to my people. Uh, Here's the five areas of people that the Lord has focused City Place to minister to in this moment of time. First group of people are those of you who aren't living life to the fullest capacity. Those of you who your life is moving forward, but there's a void in your life that you can't explain. Those who are hurting and searching for answers, those who are having doubts about God and themselves, and those who came to find Jesus, and you're going against what your mind is telling you. You know, my prayer is that last week we pushed past the doubt so that we can encounter Jesus. That was our whole message. If you didn't get a chance to uh, be a part of our service last week, you can follow along right here, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or, or the City Place podcast which is on Apple Music and Spotify and all of those other platforms. But we said that God wants to minister to us where we were. And we identified that through telling the story of, the, of, of, of one of the guys who brought their son to Jesus. And he asked Jesus if Jesus was willing to heal him. And Jesus said, I am willing. I'm willing. And Jesus said, hey, listen nothing is impossible to the one that believes. And the man said, Jesus, I I believe, but help my unbelief. And we said that there's some reasons why you and I might live in a place or find ourselves in a place of doubt where we're not able to give God our full trust or put our faith in God a hundred percent. And here's just a couple of reasons that we identified last week. And it's important for us to know so that we can piggyback and build off of last week. We said this, we said that Part of the reason why we don't believe God to the fullest is because we don't think God does the right thing. We don't think that the way that God is doing it or the way that God is uh, leading our life is the right way. And most of the time, the reason why we feel that way is because we have an expectation of how God should do it versus letting him lead us. The second way we said is because we've tried to believe and it didn't work. We Took a step of faith, and maybe our prayer wasn't answered, or we were disappointed, and we just said, I'm not trusting anymore. And then the final thing we identified is that at times in our life, we listened to the doubts of others. Someone else's faith was paralyzed because they began to share what didn't happen. We took it on as our own burden. And so we. Focused in on the man whose child had been tormented by uh, the enemy. Jesus heals him. The Bible says that man, faith is encountered, doubt is removed in that man's life and his son's life. And then as we're talking about the doubts of others and we're talking about, you know, God didn't do it the way we might have expected or maybe we believed and it didn't work. We went to another passage of scripture and we've. Uh, talked about a guy by the name of Thomas. Thomas gets a bad rap sometimes because many people call him Doubting Thomas. Really, Thomas just wanted to encounter Jesus again. And we identified a couple of things that Thomas did in his encounter with Jesus because he he told his disciple friends, he said, listen, I understand that Jesus is risen from the dead based on what you said, but that's not good enough for me. I'll believe when I see his hands and I touch them and I see his side and I touch them. And the Bible says that Jesus shows up a week later and goes directly to Thomas and says, Thomas, you wanted to touch my hands? Here they go. Thomas, you wanted to see my side and touch my side? Here you go. And here's what we said last week. We said that we have to realize that Jesus will continually search for us. Jesus went specifically for Thomas. Jesus focused specifically on the dad and his son. And Jesus is focused specifically on you. He's big enough to deal with every single person watching today and every single person here today. He's able to minister to you. The Bible says that the man brings his son to Jesus after he had tried to give him, you know, have his son be ministered to by the disciples. They couldn't do anything, but he went to Jesus personally. Thomas sees Jesus, encounters Jesus, and touches Jesus aside. And we said this, we said that we have to take the risk to discover Jesus for ourselves. Jesus shows up, he searches for us, he finds us. It's next for us to go, okay, Jesus, I'm coming to you. Jesus, I want to encounter you. And the last place where we landed, and this is where we're going to piggyback and just kind of catapult into today's focus, is that we give our life to the one who gave his life. We give our life to the one that gave his life. Last week, everything that we talked about was to get us to believe. And not doubt. In the very first verse that I read today, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he may die, he shall live. And by believing in me, you will live. Last week, we tackled believing, and today we're going to continue to piggyback on that because in our believing in Jesus, there is an open door and the gift of life. And we're going to read another story. We're going to dive in and let's just see what the Lord does. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 says this. It says, they came to Bethsaida and some of the people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man, this is Jesus, by the hand and led him outside of the village. When he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. The man's eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent them home and said, do not go back into that village. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. This morning, we're continuing our thought of believing and living. God wants us to be positioned in our life to where we're putting all of our trust in him, all of our faith in him so that we can live the abundant life. In the story that I just read, the Bible says that there is a group of people that bring a blind man to Jesus. And they begin to beg Jesus, Jesus, can you heal this man? He cannot see Jesus. We beg of you. Can you heal this man? Jesus, please heal this man. Jesus, we beg of you. Heal this man. Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus, please heal this man. that's what the Bible says. It said that they were begging Jesus to heal this man. And the Bible says that Jesus does something. The Bible says that he takes the man from the village, outside of the village, to where he had him one on one. The name of Bethsaida literally means the place of fish. The place of fish, I don't know about you, fish have this sort of odor that they exude when they're just there. It's the place to fish. It was a place where a lot of fishermen uh, did their business and a lot of fishermen did their work. And so it was just a place to fish. And so in my mind, I have to believe that this place where the man was was not conducive for where Jesus wanted to do something in his life. So Jesus had to take him out of the place where he was into the place where he can be with him by himself. See, Jesus wants to have you time. Like he, he wants to have time just with you. Uh-huh. See, remember I told you, Jesus is always searching for you. And even though it may not seem like, you know, Jesus is, is moving in our direction and it all the time, like Jesus is constantly searching for you. And sometimes the interruption that we might bring when we're trying to get to Jesus is so much of his focus because he's always searching for us. And so the Bible says that, they bring him to Jesus and Jesus says, I need to remove you from where you are to where it's just you and I. See, sometimes Jesus has to take you and I from where we are, from the environment that we've been used to, the, the place where we may not believe, the place where people know us based on where, what we've been through or who we are or our situation. Jesus says, I need to pull you from where you are to where I can meet you by myself. Last week in our service, as we were talking about the people that Jesus wants to minister to, and you're watching today, we asked this question. We said, do you believe that Jesus can cause your life to live at its fullest capacity? Do you believe that your life can move forward and not be filled with voids? We said, do you believe that Jesus wants to provide healing and answer the the, the needs of your life? Do you believe that he wants to turn your doubts about God into proven faith in God? Do you believe that Jesus came for you and against what your mind could think? He wants to meet you. Do you believe that Jesus is searching for you? The Bible says that Jesus pulls the man out from where he is And begins to just minister to him John chapter 10 we'll come back to that story in a minute John chapter 10 says that Jesus says this he says I've come to give you life and I want you to have that life more abundantly but there's a thief that comes only to steal from you kill things in your life and to destroy aspects of your life but I've come there's a clear distinction to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. It's the same Jesus who said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believeth in me, though he may die physically, will live eternally. Jesus wants us to believe in him so that there can be an open door to the life that Jesus has for us. And I looked up the word life in John chapter 10, verse 10, and this is what it means. It means zoe. It means the state of one who is possessed of vitality. It is the absolute fullness of life, both the essential and the ethical, which belongs to God. It is real life and genuine, a life that is active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion, even in this earth, of those who put their trust in God. But even after the resurrection, to last forever. Jesus said, listen, I've come to give you life while you're walking on earth and I've come to give you life as you spend eternity with the Father. He says, I've come to give you a vibrant life that is full of energy, full of vigor, but it has to be rooted in a relationship with God. He says, I want your life to thrive on earth as it will in heaven. But it has to result and it has to begin in your relationship with the Father. See, when Jesus says, I want to give you life. He wants to give you the totality of all he has. But it begins in him. You and I have to believe we have to push past doubt. We have to push past the disappointment of God doesn't do it right. Sometimes we have to push past the fact that I believed one time and it hasn't worked. We have to push past the doubt of others to say, no, Jesus, you're constantly searching for me. And if you're searching for me, I'm going to take the risk to get to you. And if I get to you, I'm going to give my life to the one who gave his life for me. Jesus. When he is chasing after us, he is wanting to give you life. Now remember, life is the fullness of life, both the essential things of your life and the ethical things of your life, which belongs to God. The conviction between right and wrong is included in the life that he gives you. The conviction of your passion and your pursuit for God is included in the life that Jesus gives you. The standard that God has for you to walk out your purpose and destiny is included in the life that God gives you. But then there's the essential things, the provision that he wants to give you, the health, the peace, the joy, the ability to overcome his power and authority all come from the life that Jesus wants to give you. He said, I've come to give you life. And I want to give it to you more abundantly. So the Bible says, back to the story, that he pulls this man out from where he is to the place where only he can be with him. And he says that as Jesus is hanging out with this guy, he realizes that he's blind and he does something different. He spits in the man's eye and puts his hands on his eyes. Now, I don't know about you, if... I wouldn't have scripted it this way. I wouldn't have scripted it this way because that's not how I would do it. The the, the man could have been like, what are you doing? No, you're not doing it the right way. Right. Remember I said one of the reasons why we, we, we start doubting God is because he doesn't do it the right way. The Bible says that Jesus spits in the man's eye, puts his hand on his eye and says, what do you see? See, as I was reading that, and I was thinking about believing, and I was thinking about living, and I was thinking about the fact that there's not just the physical loss of vision here, but there's also this spiritual loss of vision that you and I sometimes walk in. And I was thinking about this as I was seeing this man, and I'm thinking about how God, in this season of life, wants to minister to you right where you are, and He wants you to believe in Him, but He also wants you to live the the, the full expression of the life that he can give, I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking about the fact that this man cannot see. And so in my mind, I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about me and I'm thinking about how this man's dreams may have been non-existent. He can't see. I'm thinking about the fact that some of you have, haven't dreamed in years. You've been living in survival mode. Been living life aimlessly. No zeal. Void of your God dream. You know, here at City Place Church, one of our uh, statements and our visions that we are called to be a life-giving church that builds dreams. For us, what that means is that we want to unlock the prophetic voice of God because if God begins to speak, we get what's on his heart. So then God says, I'll download to you what's on my heart. And then when we start to download what's on God's heart and we start to, to allow it to come to life, we start to dream God's dreams. Some of us, haven't been able to get a clear view of what God has for us. Some of us have stale dreams, stale vision. It's dated, it's delayed, and it it once drove you, but now it hurts you. Some of us have vague dreams. We just go through life. We're moving forward, but there's a void I was thinking about this verse, and I'm thinking about what God wants to do over this, this focus of believing and living. And I found this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and I was like, Lord, let this be us at City Place for all of us. This is Paul. He's writing to Timothy. He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith, the belief that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, I am persuaded, convinced that it's in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. He literally says, I am trying to stir up in you the faith that's already in you that God put in you to believe, the faith to believe that God put something on the inside of you. And therefore, since he put it in you. He wants you to walk it out. This morning, my prayer is that we will believe God to the fullest and that we will allow him to give us the life, the fullness of the essentials that we need and the ethnics that belong to God so that we can say, God, everything that you see, I want to pursue. In Psalms 27, 13, David says this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, I am am believing that the goodness of the Lord, the fullness of God, will be experienced in the land of the living, the vigorous, the passionate, We want to stir up the fact that God wants to do something. And then some of us, I was thinking about this, some of us have wrong, distracting dreams. It's, it might be a good thing, but it's not a God thing. It might be a good thing, but it's not a God thing. It's not what God has for you. It might sound good. It might It might feel good, but it's not what God has for you. There's a story in the Bible where God promised Abraham and his wife, Sarah, a baby. And the Bible says that God was taking his time. And so they had believed God, the Bible says, and they had trusted God, but God wasn't moving on their time. He wasn't doing it the right way. They had believed and they had tried and it just didn't work. And so they were like, I don't really know. And so they started listening to the doubts of each other. And the Bible says that they decided that they would plan that they were going to have their own child. And so the Bible says that Sarah looks at her husband and says, listen, God's taken too long. He must have changed his mind. I have my, 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 my maid servant. She's here. Go sleep with her. And the Bible says that Abraham sleeps with her. And instead of it producing all that they thought it was going to be, it produced a baby. But it wasn't the promise that God had. And it caused conflict in the house because they decided that they were going to focus on something else that God never designed for them. See, sometimes. You and I will focus on things and get distracted with things that God never designed for us. So as I'm thinking about this man not having vision, I'm thinking about some of us. Sometimes a lack of vision is not just natural. It's spiritual. It's how we move through our life and it impacts our ability to believe God 100%. And so Jesus says, let me get you out of where you are to the place to where it's just you and I. And when you and I are together, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do it my way. i remove you from the people who can say, what is he doing? I remove you from, oh, what, why would he do it this way? i remove you from the people you've already tried this before and it's not going to work. No, I remove you to where it's just you and me. The Bible says Jesus spits on his eye puts his hand on it and then he says what do you see the Bible says the man says I see uh images but I can't tell what they are I can't I can't really see very well they look like trees but I can't really tell uh it's like the, the people actually the people and they're walking around and it's not trees it's people yes it's people but they look like trees Jesus and the Bible says that Jesus uh puts his hand on them again the Bible says, when he does it, the man can see clearly. And this is what Jesus says to him. Jesus says to him, hey, listen, um, you've just had a person on the counter with me. I have dealt with the fact that you didn't have full capacity in your life. I've dealt with the fact that there's a place in you, you've been able to exist with your limitation, but there was still something that was missing. I've dealt with the hurt, the broken place in your life, and I brought the answer. I'm the answer. I've dealt with that. I've dealt with your doubt whether you'd ever see again. I've dealt with that. I've dealt with the fact that you were doubting your own ability. I've I've dealt with that. You came all the way with your neighbors, your friends, whomever it is that brought you to see me and you found out that I have time for you. I dealt with all of that. But here's the thing. Do not return back to that village. Don't go back to the stinky place Don't go back to the place of doubt. Don't go back to the place of uncertainty. Don't go back to the place of insecurity. Don't go back in the place where you weren't, where you're not going to pursue me. Don't go back to that place where you were. Don't go back. Don't go back. I wrote this down. Because this is what we talked about last week, overcoming doubt, continuing to believe. And I realized that the enemy's gonna throw things at us, around us all the time. And we have to stay zeroed in on the fact that Jesus is in front of us. And Jesus wants to meet us right where we are, believing so that we can live. And I realized that we already identified some things from last week that we might as well continue to echo. So the way I start living, Is the way that I overcome doubt. First thing, write it down again. I must realize that Jesus will continually search for me. Write that down. I must realize that Jesus will continually search for me. See, here's what's awesome, is that Jesus was doing one thing And the people interrupted Jesus so that Jesus could encounter this man and this man could encounter Jesus. Nothing happens by accident. Nothing happens by accident when we read it in scripture. Nothing happens by accident when God is involved. See, the Bible says that they brought him to Jesus. They were passionate enough to pursue Jesus where he was, which then tells me that in my pursuit... It's not that Jesus is just sitting back here waiting for me. As I pursue Jesus, I'm getting closer to Jesus because Jesus is pursuing me. See, so let me repeat it back to you. You and I must realize that Jesus will continually be searching for us. Therefore, take the risk to discover where Jesus is and who Jesus is. Different from the first one. Discover where Jesus is and who Jesus is. The Bible says this in Jeremiah. Uh, He's talking to Jeremiah. He says, you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Don't hold anything back when you're coming after me. Don't hide any part of your life. Don't hold anything back from me when you're coming after me. If you're going to come, come with everything, bring all your problems, bring all your hurt, bring everything you feel like I shouldn't know, bring everything, search for me with everything you've got, and then you'll find me. So we realize that Jesus is searching for you. He wants to be found by you. And that you have to take the risk to pursue where he is and who he is. He reveals himself to you and I every time we encounter him. Come on, man. Just you and me. He's a personal Jesus. Just you and me is what he tells the man. Write this down. If we're going to believe and really live, follow where Jesus leads, whether it's by his hand or it's by his words. The Bible says he grabs the man by his hand. Come on, man. I don't know about you. But can you imagine walking hand in hand with Jesus? Come on. I got you. I got you. I got you. Come on right here. I, I, I just need to get you away from that neighborhood. I, I, I just need to get you away from that doubt. I need to get you away from those negative friends. I need to get you away from that addiction. I need to get you away from that fear. I need to get you away from that sickness. Come on. Just come with me. See, you and I have to follow Jesus' leading by his hands. Watch now and by his voice. What do you see? Come on, tell me, what do you see? I've already led you from the place where you are. Now tell me, what do you see? I see, I see images of things that they look like trees. Oh, no, 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 they're people. Oh, Oh, they're people, but they look like trees. Okay, all right. Now we're starting to get a little vision. See, Jesus, as he's, pulling you from where you are and faith is starting to grow. He's going to say, "What do you see?" Come on. Come on. What do you see? Come on. Are you are are you starting to dream again? Come on. Are you listening to my voice? Remember, we believe that we build dreams at City Place by unlocking the prophetic voice of God. So, come on. Can you hear what I'm saying? Come on. What do you see? What do you see? Why? Because he wants to deal with 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 those of us that aren't dreaming. He wants to deal with us with our stale dreams. He wants to deal with us with our vague dreams. He wants to deal with us with our distracted dreams. Why? So that we can be able to see clearly. What do you see? What do you see? He doesn't allow us to just see the fog. No, no, no. Jesus is not going to allow us to have foggy vision. No, not because we need to be able to live the essential and the ethical aspect that belongs to God. He wants us to be vigorous about our life, excited about our life. What do you see? What do you see? I, I see, I can't see real clear right now. Notice how Jesus isn't comfortable with the man not being able to see clearly. Jesus will never be comfortable without you being able to see clearly. So Jesus says, oh, hold on, let me complete the deal. What do you see? I can see everything. Oh, Jesus, I can see you clearly. Oh, I can see you clearly, Jesus. See what happens when you follow his lead. When he grabs you by the hand. And you follow his words. See, the key is, is that after you follow, you focus on what he says. Because he sees things differently. He will never let you and I. Go through life without the clarity of his vision, without the clarity of his heart. Why? Because when he gives us life and gives it so abundantly, he doesn't leave anything half full. He gives it all to us so that we can be excited and passionate about what he's asked us to do. Which then leads me to the last two thoughts follow his instructions precisely don't bend don't try to create it all on our own don't try to say well I think what he meant was no this is good enough he literally says come with me right over here come on what do you see tell me all right okay here we go let me do it again What do you see? Whatever Jesus asks you or I to do, we need to follow it precisely. When we do that, this final thought has to be fact. And I said it last week and I'll say it again. We have to give our life to the one who gave his life for us. That man trusted Jesus completely because everything that he needed was found in Jesus you and I have to give our life watch now through salvation by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior but watch now we also have to give up our pride our own feeling that we can do it on our own and just say Jesus I'm gonna give you my life because you gave me yours. Why? Because I've come to give you life and I've come to give it to you more abundantly. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. Those who believe in me, they may die naturally, but man, they will live. This morning, I want to repeat to you that Jesus came to give you the Zoe. He came to give you the real, genuine life, a life that's active and vigorous, devoted to God. A life that's blessed. A life that thrives here on earth. But watch now, also thrives in heaven. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus wants to deal and give you a life that reaches full capacity? Do you believe that Jesus wants to give you a life that's moving forward and doesn't have a void? Do you believe that Jesus wants to heal any hurting places and answer all of the questions you may have? Do you believe that he wants to snap doubt's neck so that you can have proven faith in God? And do you believe that Jesus came to give you life? and to give it to you more abundantly. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna pray for you right now, right where you are. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Right where you are. Come on. I wanna pray a simple prayer. And I believe that we should ask Jesus to come into our heart. Jesus has to live in us and for in order for his life to come out of us. I don't know about you, but this year we've been asking God in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, hope, or think according, watch now, to the power that works in us. Jesus has to be living on the inside of us. And the only way that happens is by us accepting the fact that he gave us a gift when he died on the cross and rose again so that you can have life and you could have it more abundantly. So I'm gonna say a prayer and I just want you to pray this prayer after me. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that he died and rose again, he comes and lives on the inside of you and that life is activated. Come on, are you ready city place? Let's pray, come on, say dear Jesus, I acknowledge that you died for me and you rose again and your gift of salvation gives me life. I choose you today as my Lord and Savior. I want to live a vigorous, passionate life that the Father gives. Today, I'm ready. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place Church, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Well done. Well done. Those of you who prayed that prayer, you're adding. You're adding to the dozens of people that have already said yes to Jesus this year. You've already done well by saying yes to Jesus. Now, let me give you just a couple of clear next steps. Our team would love to send you some resources for your walk with God so that you can have the life that God called you to live. First thing is, is let us know the decision that you made. That connection card that I talked about at the beginning of service. I want you to text the word City Place to 9400 and let us know the decision that you made today. The second thing is, is I want to invite you to be a part of a City Place city group. Our city groups are small groups that gather in person and online, and it's designed to encourage us to become fully devoted followers of Christ through through things that we enjoy, by encouraging conversations and honest discussion. I want to invite you to be a part of that. There's a group for every single person to grow in your relationship with God. So well done. Do one of those two steps right now. Come on. Well done on the decision that you made today. Come on City Place. Now, here's just a couple of things. We're gonna get ready to worship the Lord with our tithe and our offering. So why don't you go ahead and get that right now. Go ahead and get that right now. And again, let me just, as you're preparing, let me just again say thank you to every single person uh, serving uh, last week during Easter. We had well over 50 Dream Teamers serving last week. And uh, you know, numbers, you know, I, I, I tell you how many people came, all of that is fine. All of that is good. But the most important thing uh, that matters to Jesus are those that said yes to Jesus. And so we have a number of Dream Teamers who are reaching out to people and uh, helping people take next steps. And as I'm preaching to you right now, we have two people who are being baptized uh, after service. And so God is allowing our church to see people's lives changed. And so I just want you to continue to stay encouraged, uh, you know, and all those different things. So we celebrate the numbers of people that came. I mean, we had an Easter egg hunt and God ministered to people, which is awesome, but we wanna see people become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so well done on uh, just continuing to lean in and allowing uh, our church to uh, impact people's lives. So as you're ready to give um, this morning, I said thank you to the Dream Team and all those. But I also want to say thank you uh, for those of you who are trusting God with your kingdom finances uh, here at City Place Church. We believe our, our, our heart for our church is that we will continuously be generous. We will always give God the first that comes into our church. And so we do that as individuals. And as we partner together, we're able to make an impact in our city. And so because of your generosity, Listen. Our community was impacted this past week. Father, we thank you today for just your faithfulness. Father, we honor you for uh, those that met you today. We're so grateful, Jesus, for just allowing us the opportunity to dream, to believe you, and to live. Thank you for those that said yes to Jesus. Jesus, we are humbled by the fact you allow us to declare your word and to encounter you personally. I thank you that this is a week where we live the God-filled life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, City Place. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's episode, and we have one final challenge for you. Take something that you've learned today or something that stuck out to you and share it with a friend or a loved one. Spread a little of what I like to call that wisdom wealth with someone else. Wherever you are, I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day.